0: This episode of the Fastest Known Podcast is brought to you by Coros. Wearables from Coros help you explore perfection by offering the longest battery life in its class for each of its watch models. For example, in full GPS mode, you get 60 hours of battery life. That's as much as the current FKT on Nolan's 14. Or track in ultra mode to get an astonishing 150 hours of battery life, enough to get an FKT on Vermont's long trail and then some. Coros is proudly worn by many great runners, including Camille Heron, Timothy Olson, and Hayden Hawks, Magdalena Boulet, and many others. Track your next FKT with a watch from Koros. Visit Koros.com. C-O-R-O-S.com. Welcome back to the Fastest Known podcast. A quick 30 minutes of scintillating discussion with some of the fastest known people. Actually, this week our guest isn't that fast. And she will take no offense at this. She's done a lot of races. Ultra racing going back 19 years, but while she's not really fast, she's an incredibly prolific FK tier doing things from all over the country. This person has 20 FKTs on our website. In fact, she just added one a few hours ago to make it 21, uh, which is by far the most of any female. And I am talking with Marcy Beard. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you,
1: Buzz. It's great to be here. I have never been a host on a podcast before, so this is
0: quite an honor. Well, it's a it is it is it's a fun conversation. You know, I'm like a like I said, I'm really interested to hear more about you because you you get around. Like right now, where are you?
1: <laughs> we are um, parked in an RV park in Lincoln, Nebraska, right now.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, uh, what I just mentioned in the intro is you're number six on the FKT list. Certainly 20 most female, but you literally did just submit number 21 a few hours ago. I saw it come through from Iowa, and now you're in Nebraska. So I get the feeling you're, uh, you, you also do hashtag van life
1: um it's similar to that but a small upgrade it's a travel trailer so it's we've got a few more amenities um compared to just a van not no offense to any van life people but uh it's a it's a little bit more plush
0: uh what brand
1: it's a jaco travel trailer um it's a toy hauler so we just put a lot of gear into it stuff it with gear and drive it around the country
0: <laughs> you literally drive it around the country that's amazing so i mean it's the middle of well not quite the middle of the july it's the end of july middle of the summer and you just where are you coming from i mean iowa nebraska is this uh, you liken it to the great plains here in the middle of summer so
1: that's a really good question we're actually coming from montana wyoming which was a great place to be in july it was much cooler during the heat wave the rest of the country was having we were up in the mountains and um, we pretty much are just exploring the whole country little by little we haven't been to the upper midwest until now so here we are so we've been doing mostly the focus has been state high points so that's what we're working on Um, getting toward the end of that project. Um, It's just a long multi-year project. It's like an inspiration for reasons to travel. So we find different things to do in each state. Um, We've been doing races in different states. So we're just kind of traveling around the country and seeing the U.S. as we go. So always nice to have a purpose for the the why for why we're going somewhere.
0: And we means you and your husband.
1: Yes, exactly. My husband, John. Yep.
0: Nice. Wow. So you're, you're travelers.
1: We are, we're kind of nomads. We will um, live in one place for a while. So John can do work. He installs solar. And then that's typically in the winter, somewhere warm. And then in the summer we tend to pick up and drive around and just do other things, racing and exploring
0: wow that's an impressive lifestyle
1: (laughs) we are very much enjoying it yes and sometimes we'll stay somewhere longer and sometimes we'll travel more it just depends on what's going on the rest of our lives yeah
0: great and uh we got a great connection right now so the, the 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 vagabond lifestyle is working technically very well i can hear you loud and clear from (laughs) <laughs> your RV park somewhere in Nebraska. And so you're heading back, you're heading back West is what it sounds like.
1: Um, not actually, no, we're still going East. We oh. are aiming for, yeah, we're going to boundary waters and um, some high points in uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, that kind of thing. And then um, down Southeast, we're going to head down like Tennessee, Georgia. I've got a ra- couple races down there for this fall. And we're originally sort of from Texas. We've spent a lot of time in Texas. So we'll probably swing by through there um, this winter.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And you're, you're ticking them off. We, uh, we discussed this. We think we need to bring on a summer intern just to handle your FKT submissions.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> it's all right. I need
1: to... So I need to send in some more donations to cover that cost.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, great. You know, Josh Sanders, who was our guest last week and who has, a, he has the record for the state high points now that you mention it, he actually does that. He says uh, categorically, well, I can enter races and I'm always paying a huge entry fee. But if I just send in $25 every time I submit an FKT, that's more fun, it's cheaper, and it keeps the whole ball rolling.
1: Exactly. Yes, I love it. I think FKTs are just um, just having a really good time. Um, similar vein with um, not doing as many races, but focusing more on the FKTs, but at the same time, using FKTs as training and exploring and seeing what people think is really interesting in whatever area we're in, but then mixing it up with some races and um, just kind of always have a a bigger goal, but using a lot of pieces to to get there.
0: Nice, wow. Well, I'm going to ask you in a minute any advice for other people who might want to adopt this lifestyle. But first, I'm going to kind of get caught up again a little bit more. Your ultra career goes back 19 years, and it's you you've done a lot, Marcy. This is nutty. I mean, you of course recently it's things like Mi Walk and so forth, Tahoe Rim. But you've done the big Backyard Ultra, Laz's you know, last person standing event in Tennessee, and you've done Barkley, and you're a Hard Rock 100 finisher.
1: That is all true. Um, none of those were fast, but it actually <laughs> <laughs> works out well because um, I can generally keep going at a similar, not too much slower speed over fairly long distances. So the Big Dog Backyard Ultra is really my favorite race and tends to be what I'm training for most of the time, any time of the year. So that's generally my focus of how to get, so I can run longer and um, not stop. So, well. and the FKTs actually help with that because you're out there generally by yourself. I you mean, why are you doing this? There's no finish. I mean, there's nobody at the finish line cheering you on and giving you a beer. So you're like, why, there's gotta be some motivation there to just keep moving. And the FKTs help with that a lot because it's like, just, I'm gonna get myself there one way or the other. The one I ran yesterday on the bike path in Iowa, 63 miles long. And at some point this just becomes hard because it's not something I do very much is running flat bike paths. And so I'm like, well, okay, it's an FKT though. I need to finish it. And so it develops the mindset of just keeping going. So it helps.
0: Dang. Yeah, you're good at keeping going. I'm looking at your FKTs on our website. And again, I'll remind everyone to go to the website. It's easy to pull down athletes, type in Marcy Beard, type in anyone, and you can see what they're doing. It's a fun way to get these links. And I'm looking at this 12 hours, 39 minutes, 17 hours, five minutes, 13 hours, 30 minutes, 14 hours, 30 minutes. So, gee, you're happy out there, aren't you?
1: I am. And I'm sort of a middle distance specialist right now and i've actually am looking for um something longer so i can get some experience out there at over 100 miles
0: no wait 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 wait. what does middle (laughs) distance mean
1: middle distance like like exactly those times that you're talking about like you can do it all before the sun goes down Ah. so you know it might take 12 hours or 14 hours but um that's pretty much it's going to take some um some <laughs> figuring it out, some logistics, probably some you know navigation work and it's gonna take all day. And uh, again, with the keeping going, keeping going. But at the same time, it's not these crazy things like some other people are doing that just you know days and days. And I've never attempted a long distance um, trail. And so there's a lot of things that people are doing that are amazing to me. And um, so I'm kind of loving that the FTTs are inspiring in that way. Like, you can look at all the possibilities on the, the map and say, wow, okay, so if I'm looking for something that's maybe two or three times as long as what I'm used to, um, there's, there are options out there. So just what are they and where are they and how do I get there?
0: Wow, okay. Well, middle distance, I think you define middle distance a little differently than the USATF. <laughs> I think for them, middle distance is like 800 meters, but for you, it means you go to sleep at night.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, we do hundred milers, and you stay up all night, and so that's that's long.
0: <laughs> that's definitely long. Uh huh. Okay. Well, again, reminding everyone, you finished in 2011 the Hard Rock, 44 hours. So that that, that was not mid distance then.
1: No, that was that was long. That was long and hard, and and just a, amazing experience. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. So how about some thoughts? And by the way, I'm going to put your blog URL on our show notes in case anyone wants to look that up. Um, Yeah, you bet. Where you wrote up your Barclay experience and things like that. You're you're just, you have a lot of enthusiasm there. You. it's (laughs) it's <laughs> I mean you you're just you're just into it you just you just cruised through that Barkley didn't I mean you you finished one you finished two laps one of them within the cutoff that's that's good
1: <laughs> oh yeah and um it's you know Barkley's one of those things that I would love to go back even though I'm really not good at that climbing steep terrain and more importantly descending steep off trail and just You'd think I'd be better because I like orienteering, but it just was hard to do that for me quickly. Um, but that park is amazing. The people are incredible. So I would love to go back someday if I can ever get back in.
0: Okay. All right. We'll look for that. So what about the lifestyle here? You're, you're pulling the – John works installing solar in somewhere warm in the winter, and then you hit the road for six months at a time pulling your trailer, it, and obviously, it's working well for the both of you. Any thoughts, concerns, or any blips on the radar here?
1: Oh, wow. That's um interesting question. I mean, we just have been doing this for at least 10 years now. And um, it's just working so well because it gives us a lot of flexibility that we're kind of planning a year or two out and saying, what do we really want to most do and kind of how do we link things up and if it's something that's gonna be harder to fit in well, it maybe goes um, on a future year. Um, so it's more just like taking a lot of time planning all this. I guess you could say um, I like to plan things. So it's, um, it fits along those lines and then to turn around and write about it and report on it and take pictures and um, just kind of show people what we're up to. Um, I enjoy that as well. So it kind of just really fits uh, what we like to do. And then we get to go out and see different parts of the country and, um, meet people and explore national parks and, and, um, just been, been really enjoying this.
0: 10 years and running. Wow. Uh, what about John? So when you're out, if you got, a like you said, 63 miles on an Iowa, was this a rail trail then in Iowa?
1: It was a rail trail. And that's a great question. Um, John um, came out and supported me yesterday, which is I'm so lucky to have a husband that will will do that for me. Um, Not every single FKT. There's certainly some that are just more conducive to me going out and doing them by myself. And sometimes he's busy. So it's fine. I'll just figure out things that I can do on my own. So we kind of go back and forth between supported and unsupported and John is a runner also, he's finished hard rock twice, and he just has been um, slowed down the past couple years. He had um, hip resurfacing surgery. So he's working on uh, coming back from that. So he's kind of, we've been doing a lot of hiking, backpacking and biking and things like that. So he's just slowly getting back into the running. Um, So we've supported each other a lot in our endeavors over the years. It's been just a really nice partnership.
0: Excellent, that's so good to hear. Well, I don't want to give anyone advice, but John could take up cycling. If you were on a rail to trail, cycling a rail to trail is really fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely, we saw some bike packers out there yesterday. So, yep.
0: <laughs> what was the name of it?
1: Um, this is the Wabash Trace Nature Trail.
0: Okay. All right. Nice, nice. Well, again, our mentioning Josh Sanders again, our previous guest uh, last week, and he has FKTs on a lot of the rail-to-trails in the Midwest and Michigan. So if you're heading in that direction, you can have a look at that. It's easy pickings for a female sometimes.
1: This is absolutely true, and I guess that goes along the lines of um, – i'm not really fast but i am like a female so i'm like at this point it's a huge advantage because there's not enough women out there doing these things and i would love to see more of them um if a midpacker like me can go out and set fkts pretty much <laughs> as at will except for the big ones that all the pros are running i mean that i would love to see that change over the years and and in the meantime i'm going to go out and and Hit as many as i can while they're still available
0: <laughs> right well i'm I'm looking again at your list on our website and this is fun stuff teton circumnavigation but th- that's in wyoming of course but then grand isle loop vermont uh and then east bay skyline obviously
1: that's that's a good one if you've never been on that trail i that's actually one of the highlights of, of the whole list i just for okay. some i just love that trail you get up in the on the ridge and you can see the bay and um, Diablo and Mount Tam. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful trail. So I would like to put a plug in for East Bay
0: Skyline. All right. And you did it in February. That's another plug to you made.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And uh, California, Washington, even you, even, this is interesting. You even did the Mesa Trail here in Boulder, Colorado.
1: Yeah, I was surprised there's nobody had posted a time yet. I'm sure somebody had done it faster before then, but I was like, okay, I need to just I was in Colorado anyway. I just needed to go do it and it's a wonderful trail. It's pretty short for for my speed, but <laughs> it was so great to get out there and
0: see it. All right. This is should be I hopefully hopefully this is inspirational. You're you and John are traveling around the country and part and you make these goals in advance. Maybe a Maybe even one to two years out to maximize the efficiency. And currently, you're on the state high point project. Uh, is that going to be 48, or are you going to go for all 50?
1: Well, it's definitely going to be 49. We're, we're we've got all the hard ones in the lower 48 states, and we've done Hawaii. So we're just we're debating about Denali at this point. We kind of put that decision off for a little while. I had such a great time um, learning mountaineering specifically to climb uh, Mount Hood and Mount Rainier, and then most recently Granite and Gannett. It was so much fun. I didn't know I would enjoy it so much. But I mean, I grew up in Vermont, so I know snow pretty well. And it seems to just have taken, even though I don't enjoy heights very much, the mountaineering aspect I really liked. So we'll, we'll have to talk about Denali. We're not sure about that one yet.
0: Yeah, it's a different level.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, you didn't watch YouTube videos to learn how to climb mountains, did you?
1: <laughs> I heard that story actually yesterday as I was running across Iowa. I was like, what the heck? Right. <laughs>
0: awesome. Right. Josh is doing his high points. And so before he does, you know, Hood is serious. It's probably a little more technical than Rainier. And so he yeah. watches a video to learn how to use ice axe and crampons and goes and knocks it off. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was amazing. We went out with a rope, so we at least <laughs> had the ability to help each other out. Um, but And we had done a training class and some, some training. That was actually our first technical mountaineering experience also in a snowstorm, I might add. Um, so, but that kind of hooked me on it because I enjoyed it so much, but yeah, we did a little bit more prep than Josh.
0: Well, good idea, (laughs) but you're, you're equal, maybe almost equal on the logistics thereof because you, you've, you made it work financially and relationship wise, traveling around the country and just seeing what you want to see.
1: That is pretty much our life. And, um, as long as it keeps working, we're going to keep doing it.
0: Wow! Now, what about um, like you said, your favorite race, the one you kind of everything you do sort of wraps towards, is the big backyard ultra, which is unique. I think it's unique. That's where the, truly speed has no meaning. <laughs> That's
1: exactly right. Doesn't yes, make right?
0: any differences at all. Yeah. It's literally yeah. the last person standing.
1: That's right. That's right. You have to be fast enough. And then after that, it's pretty much. And then the people that are really fast, they have more time in between the laps. So you Mm. get to, for people that don't know, the big dog backyard is um, on trail during the day. It's a four and one six mile loop at um, Laz's backyard, literally in his backyard. And then you have an hour to do it. And if you finish within that hour, you stop and wait and everybody stops and waits. And then at the beginning of the next hour, he blows the whistle and everyone takes off again altogether and you go and do another loop. And then at night, it switches to the road, which is great because the trail is a little technical. Um, and then on the road, you just pretty much have to survive those 50 miles. And then if you can keep going, it starts over again and the next morning on the trail and you just go until there's. You're the last one left, so <laughs> I had a better shot at it um, in the early years when I was the, uh, you know, there was a smaller women's field, but now the professional women have discovered it, so it's been really neat to get to meet Courtney and Maggie and the other women that come out there, so I've been really enjoying it, and um, it's no longer actually unique. There's a lot of other Last Man Standing events around the world, which oh. is wonderful, so other people can go out and discover this um, this unique format without having to try to get into Laz's specific race.
0: Interesting. I didn't know there was more of these. Well, you're, you're doing pretty well this last October. You were 14th overall and third in your category. I see. But like Courtney was, Courtney could have won. She was getting, it was kind of on the rivet.
1: Exactly. Yes. That was so fascinating to watch. I just, uh, that's what I'm talking about with professionals that can go and just miles and miles and hours and hours and I don't even know how that happens. I thought I had an advantage because I could, I didn't need a lot of sleep for a while. But at you know when you get to three days, I don't I don't have any idea. I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've done expedition adventure races that take six, seven, eight, ten days, but we always sleep in there somewhere, so you just you don't run into this problem.
0: Wow. No, there's not a lot of sleep in these. No. <laughs> wow. And so you, how, how how many miles? I'm looking it up on uh, Ultra Sign-Up. It looks like uh, you had the same number of miles this time as you had a few years ago.
1: Actually, it was my PR um, last year at 125. So I beat my previous best by, by one hour.
0: Ah, gotcha. 125 miles. That's... Uh...
1: It's not nothing, (laughs) not going to win it anymore, but it's, (laughs) but see, that's the kind of thing where if I want to go farther, it's going to be hard to do that. I mean, I can keep trying at the big dog to go farther, but if I want to actually experience something longer, like Courtney's run 200 mile races and I'm like, well, that sounds really interesting. And then you look at the cost and like, well, I have to debate whether it makes sense to spend that much money to do a 200 mile race oh, maybe there's an FKT in the range of what I'm looking for, so let's go see. So maybe later this summer I'll be thinking about doing something longer to get experience with just running additional miles.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Raised entry fees are no joke. Um, The ultras actually are fairly good value. It's it's the road marathons that will sock it to you.
1: (laughs) That's the truth. And then if I ever get into Western states, that'll be a little expensive, but – I've been trying so long at this point, I figure I'll just go ahead and pay it.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So next up for you is high points in the upper Midwest. You mentioned Michigan. So you're you're going to be going up into the UP.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yes, we're starting in Minnesota. Uh, Actually, we're starting with um, Iowa tomorrow. And then uh, the Illinois high point is open this weekend. It's one of those that, well, it's the only one where you can only go at certain weekends. So we'll be over in Illinois um, Saturday and kind of closing out some of our the lower high points that we haven't hit yet.
0: So and, some of these, it's they're not high at all. I mean, it's it's, it's right. it could be a cornfield, could it not?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Nebraska and um, <laughs> Kansas. So, you know, they're just some of them are drive ups. Some of them take a lot more logistics and hiking. It just depends. But it's a lot of fun. Um again, a reason to go out and travel the country and and see different things and see what the state is proud of. And (laughs) speaking of Kansas, they have this beautiful like sunflower whole statue and everything out there. It's really cool in the middle of nowhere. So yeah,
0: there's a statue.
1: It's like a giant sunflower <laughs> it's just okay. the coolest. Thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, and things you, you would
1: never see <laughs> unless you're out there for a, a, other purpose.
0: <laughs> and then contrast that with the western summits, which really are different. Well, our opinion. Actually, I want your before. I I got ahead of myself. What is your opinion taking Denali out of it? Yeah, the most difficult high point.
1: That, that's a great question, and I think it's going to depend on. Several factors like the weather and how comfortable you are on snow versus rock. Um, For me, though, granite so far is was the most difficult, just because it was pretty darn exposed up top. And um, we did the southwest ramp, and we were actually really lucky to have a lot of snow. But I think um, if that couloir on the ramp was all rock, I would have been severely challenged. Um, So I'm just not. I don't have the background of rock climbing and scrambling around on talus as much as other people so the fact that it was mostly snow made it helpful but then once we got on the top and you're on these giant boulders and my husband's belaying me thank goodness because i don't know if i would have actually done it otherwise so that one was a little slightly terrifying and uh, (laughs) i guess that's what made it hard um i mean certainly rainier is hard because it's just so so big and things can go wrong and you're just way you know up there um for our for us it was more like like walking and following flags and and just making sure we could get over the bridges and things so the logistics you know the challenge there wasn't so much it was more of a athletic endeavor um And Gannett, I just enjoyed the heck out of Gannett recently, so I didn't think that was too bad. But again, if the weather changes or if you have an issue, some of these are really remote, so you have to consider that.
0: Right. 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 Well, thank you for that description, because I was going to say Granite, as you did. So thank you for confirming that. (laughs) Oh, Uh, you're welcome. Granite's Montana, of course, and it's not that high. It's a 12. It's not even a 13er, but it's remote. There's not great beta. It's not like there's a trail up it. So it's it's different.
1: Absolutely, yes. And the rangers um, didn't even know what the conditions were like. They just had not had that many people up yet and it, we had snow way late in the season everywhere we've been in the mountains this summer it's just been snow 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 which is makes some things easier but it makes other things just a lot harder and more challenging so right. yeah it's uh, yeah so we were uh, maybe some of the first people up there this year but
0: again uh, I don't
1: know cuz I, again haven't I mean, granted I don't know cuz I didn't we I was like we got to the top take a couple pictures I'm leaving cuz I was like <laughs> I need to get off this mountain <laughs> <So> we didn't check <laughs> We didn't even check the register. We should have probably opened that up. But
0: <laughs> Time to go home. Well, Time when, to go. <laughs> which was your approach to uh, Gannett? Gannett is the highest one, of course, in Wyoming. A lot of people think the Grand Teton is. You can see the Grand Teton from Gannett on a clear day, but Gannett's higher. It's in the Wind River Range, and there's a couple different approaches. Which one did you use?
1: Yes, we came from um, Pinedale, so the south or the, I guess, the west side of what they call it. but Elk, um, yeah. Elk Park? Elk Park, exactly, Elk Park. Yeah, so, so, so it, it was wonderful. We had tried a couple of years before from Dubois, and the trail in from there hadn't been cleared out yet. There's so many blowdowns. We're like, wow, we don't have enough food for this. So we came back this year with more food and more time.
0: And you went and, in from Titcomb Basin over Bonnie Pass. Did.
1: We did. That was a big day. So another one of those instances where having endurance is just hugely helpful because it was over the pass and then down and then route finding in the dark because we were trying to avoid afternoon thunderstorms and soft snow later in the day. And so, yeah, it was a bit of a a challenge and then getting to the top and then down and then back over Bonnie Pass. It's a big endeavor.
0: The reason people fail on Gannett, interestingly enough, is because they're poor backpackers.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's the reason for failure. Basically they come in from Elk Park, they go up there into Titcomb Basin, which is you know at timberline or a tad above, depending on where you camp, and they're just exhausted they've carried in way too much gear it's just been killing them then they can't get out of bed in the morning and then they start to (laughs) schlep over bonnie pass and they fail before they even get to gannett because they're not good at lightweight backpacking
1: oh that is interesting yes Um, we actually for the first time took a rest day we never do that like that's not even in our normal (laughs) conversations but we hiked in and set up a tent and just took a day off. And it was amazing. Um, So that we had plenty of energy when we finally did get up just before midnight um, the next night to go go climb. So that was hugely helpful.
0: That's a good call, Marcy. And then on to the big sunflower statue. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This is amazing. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And we'll see what you, I think you're 20 or 21. As soon as we get Iowa processed, I think you're gonna get you could be hitting 30 FKTs for the year, couldn't you?
1: Oh, that's possible. I think it might slow down <laughs> sometime soon, but <laughs> we yeah, we've got other things going on, but yeah, well, it will eventually I'll get there eventually.
0: Okay, while well, we look forward I'm not to not
1: really, seeing. yeah, I'm not really, it's not really my goal, like I'm not focused on the number at all. I'm just having such a good time doing it. So (laughs) if it happens, it happens.
0: Excellent, Marcy. Best of luck to you, and we look forward to staying in touch.
1: Thank you so much, Buzz.